You've heard of BetaShares. You've probably seen the logo on our podcast. You might even be among their 1 million investors. So you can imagine that I'm delighted to say BetaShares is the official ETF partner of the Australian Finance Podcast. With nearly 100 exchange-traded funds, you can go to betashares.com.au and immerse yourself in ETFs and unique insights covering all of the sectors, themes, core and satellite positions you could want. Think cybersecurity through the Hack ETF, robotics and AI with the RBTZ ETF, and uranium with the URNM ETF. The list goes on. To explore the BetaShares ETF range, visit betashares.com.au, read the relevant PDS and TMD on the website, and consider if the fund is right for you. BetaShares Capital Limited is the issuer. Is there a Spotify wrapped for investing? If you want to invest in shares or ETFs, our friends at Perla are more than one step ahead of the curve. On average, people who use Perla invest $1,750 every month. That's what we want to see, proper dollar cost averaging. With automated investing tools making your life simple, Perla investors have well and truly mastered the art of investing small bits lots of times. So if you're ready to start growing your net worth in 2024, follow the link in your Spotify or Apple podcast player right now to discover how you can get started today. Welcome to the Australian Finance Podcast, a podcast for people who want to learn more about their personal finances and get the most from their money. This series is hosted by Kate Campbell from How To Money and Owen Raskovich from Rask Finance. The Australian Finance Podcast is provided for educational purposes only. The information is general in nature and does not take into account your needs, goals or objectives. What that means is the information does not apply to you specifically. So consider getting the advice of a licensed and trusted professional before acting on the information. Kate, welcome to this episode of the Australian Finance Podcast. What are we talking about today? An episode that I've wanted to do for a while, mm-hmm. negotiating your salary. Cool. I like it. Whether it's you're starting a new job and you're negotiating a salary, you're trying to get a pay rise, or maybe you're upgrading your position in your current job. I like this a lot. When I read the, what we were t- talking about, all I read was negotiating. I'm like, negotiating what? Then I read salary. I'm like, ah, this is a yes. really relevant episode. <laughs> because anyone can take the advice we're about to give them and use it. It's not like, this is how you invest. This is the account you need, yeah. blah, 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 blah. It, this is your salary we're talking about. Anyone can, can negotiate or yeah. at least try to. And like we were talking about before the episode, a lot of the investing things, they actually take a bit of work to set up and get started. But if you negotiate your salary and get a 5% pay rise, that's a f- instant 5% return. Like, mm. That's awesome. That's it. And if you keep and your job, it's ongoing. Year. Yeah, that's awesome. So what we're going to talk about is ways to go about maximizing your chances of getting a pay rise. Yeah. Right. Approaching so, that conversation, yep. sort of talking yourself out of these common excuses mm-hmm. and some of the things you need to know about and understand when going for a pay rise. Yep, I like it. And I think we, we're coming at it from two different perspectives. Mm-hmm. Myself as an employee who has gone through this a few times in the workplace yep. and has had the same anxiety of, oh, they won't give it to me, that's yep. too much, is it fair? 
Mm-hmm. Like, and then you're coming from it from an employer's perspective now. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, I am now. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's a totally different conversation from the other side, I guess. But um, yeah, it's, it's, there's a lot to, I guess, understand from both sides. And probably yeah. hearing it, you know, your side of the fence, my side of the fence, it probably adds a lot of value and helps you recognize what's important to both parties. Yeah. So, okay, so why don't we start with some of the excuses? Why people avoid having this conversation? Yeah, so a few good ones I've heard and I've said to myself is the timing just isn't good right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, it might be because your company's got a lot going on, it's going through a restructure, all these sort of things. Maybe the market's down and you're working mm-hmm. investments. Um, so that's a common excuse people say. Um, I work for a government agency or something to that ilk where you don't think you can negotiate because Mm -hmm. it's a set salary. Um, This is my first job, so I don't want to ask for more and lose the offer altogether. Mm -hmm. Uh, The thought of negotiation makes me anxious and I don't know what to say. I mean, I don't think any of us do when we start because it's it's a skill. You just have to practice it and try and it's something you just develop over your career. Mm. Um, We're not, not naturally born to be able to negotiate our salary. Totally. And that's a that's a big one, right? Mm. If you're going for your first job, I don't know anyone that would be able to do that. Just go straight into negotiating. But, yeah. you know, after a couple of years, yeah. you, you tend to get a feel for how things work in a business mm. and know what your value is. Yeah. Yeah. A, l- uh, a lot of the times the graduate salaries are kind of set. Yeah. For companies and graduate programs, there's not really any negotiation, but it's once you actually are adding value. Yep. I mean, that's that's sort of the thing. You're negotiating a salary increase because you're providing more value to the firm. Totally. And yep. you're a more valuable asset, so you're worth more. That's it, exactly. Okay, so two uh, more excuses that people might make. Yeah, so the, the my company is struggling, the economy's terrible, and everyone's getting laid off. Mm-hmm. Um, and the final one, which I think I have said to myself and a lot of people I know have said is, if I just work harder, my boss manager will notice me. And I think that's probably mm. a big lie that we tell ourselves because they're just as busy as you are and they've got to worry about their own pay rise uh, and salary increases and managing everything on their plate. They're not looking over your shoulder and remembering all those great things you've done. So uh, you've got to, as, as we'll talk about later in this episode, you've got to sort of build a case that you can present to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think that's that's particularly in a medium or larger business anything that more than 10 employees it's it's that's probably hard it's different like if you're like three employees or two employees you know that's different but yeah if you're in a bigger business that's something that um you you can't really just rely on that right yeah um okay so let's talk about i guess tips for just even thinking about it you've got some really interesting notes down here and kind of some things that are new to me Mm. but i know that you've been through this experience recently yeah so what we i guess what were you thinking before you went into the job the pay review kind of thing what were you we think we confident or oh well it was sort of the second year at the company so i was probably a bit nervous didn't really know what Mm -hmm. what i could ask for um, and they don't, companies don't go to you and say, oh, he, well, most of the time, oh, do you want this pay rise? Mm. Like they don't approach you with it on a silver platter. You actually have to sort of, 
uh, ask for what you want. And it's it's not a win-lose scenario. It's not like they win and you lose or you win and they lose. It's more of like, I don't know, tug of war. It's sort of a bit of give and take. Like you give something, they give something and sort of negotiating in between. Um, so you might, they might have something, they might get told, your manager might get told you're, they're able to increase employee salaries in your team by X amount and they have to work out how to allocate it. They might be might be told they're allowed to give up to 10% more. So you don't know, you probably won't know what they're allowed to mm. negotiate for and they might have to go up the level and negotiate on your behalf. Um, so I think often they'll have a range and maybe if you ask in the middle, they'll say yes straight away and you mm. haven't asked for enough or um, there might be reasons that they cannot give you anything um, or there might be a reasons why you deserve more. So I think the starting point is working out what you actually want and why you deserve it. Totally. Yeah. I think that's that's <laughs> working out what you want. And I, and I think that's important because if you hate your job, I'm just going to be real, if you hate yeah. your job, you know, you're probably not going to be prepared to do the extra effort, you know, to put in, to get there earlier, to try and think of creative strategies to get noticed and do all that type of stuff. So if that's the case, maybe this conversation isn't a big deal to you anyway. Mm-hmm. Maybe you can work on other ways. Like I think you told me recently that, you know, you could think about putting extra time into work and extra effort into that, or you could do it, that use that extra time and effort for a side hustle. Yeah. And so you've got to think before you even have this conversation. Yeah. What's so this important was like to you? months ahead. Yeah. Um, th- like planning ahead of your pay rise and thinking, where do you want to put that effort? Because usually to get a pay rise, you have to have improved on the last year and done something and provide mm. more value. So if you're just a average employee that hasn't really done anything during the year, then maybe you don't have as much to argue for. Mm-hmm. Totally. And we're going to come to this in a minute, but... I think what's from my side of the table just to lend some insight here is it sounds really bad, but particularly when you get into a bigger business, we're not at this point yet, so I don't want anyone listening to think that this is why we think about it. But when you get into a bigger business, there are like policies and procedures for how much you can be paid. And I hate to say this, but sometimes people, employees are just looked at as numbers. Mm. You know, this is our budget. This is what we can pay. That's it. Yeah. And the only way to really get ahead in those situations is to make yourself invaluable. Yeah. And that's so that's investing in yourself, investing in your knowledge, doing extra courses. Instead of maybe asking for a pay rise, it might be, what more responsibility can I take? Mm. You know, that might be the first step. Anyway, I'm getting ahead of getting ahead of us. So Yeah. Because your employer is really going, Well, how much would it cost to replace that person? That's it. That's it. And it's numbers. If you take clients, like if they'd lose a whole lot of business if you left or they wouldn't be able to fulfill a function for months because it takes ages to train someone or get someone with that skill set, then that is really increasing how valuable you are when you come to these negotiations. So I think, and coming back to work out what, working out what you want, it's thinking what's your number. So I found this resource online that sort of broke it down into your three numbers the wish number. So mm-hmm. it's that crazy figure that you're kind of scared or embarrassed to even say out loud. So 200,000. Yeah. Or maybe oh. it's 10K or 20K on oh, top of your current okay. salary. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. So, so if you're uh, on a $50,000 and you want $10,000 more. Yeah. yeah. For a firm, that's quite a big jump. That's for sure it is. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, then the want number, so the number you want to be paid. So maybe you, you're currently on 50 and you want to be 55. Yep. And so that 10%, figure, that's still good. Yeah, so 10% that's increase, great. that's yeah. better than inflation. Yeah. So this is the figure that's going to make you happy to go to work every day, that you feel it's a fair compensation for what you're doing mm-hmm. and the, what you're getting paid. It's like the best alternative to your wish. Yeah. yeah. So okay. it's what you think is fair. Yep. essentially and then the walk figure so i think this applied a little bit more to job offers and getting a job but it's like the figure where you go um it's not worth me putting in all this effort for this figure mm-hmm. so yeah so maybe you you're asking for 70 um in getting a new job and they get offering you 50 and you're like well i can get another job at 70 why mm-hmm. would i take 50 yep so it's the figure you'd walk away from. Yep, I hear that. And that's that's kind of like, I guess that's knowing your value as well. Yeah. You have to understand like what you're worth. And if that's the case, then yeah, you have to be prepared to make that hard, hard call. But obviously you don't have to tell them when you're in the salary review. This is, if you're not going to give me this, I'm going to go. Because yeah. you do not want to put yourself in that situation. No. This is the kind of thoughts you have and to yourself afterwards. Yeah. You. yeah, you want to be calm when you go into this as yeah. sensitive as it is you want to go in as we've got in the notes just be very professional like you wouldn't want to go in there and just go all guns blazing saying i'm not happy yeah. with this i'm not happy with that by the way i'd like a pay rise mm. you have to be really calculated calm take the feedback give feedback etc because yeah. real- often pay rises are t- uh, combined with annual reviews it's definitely they so are. there's yeah. a lot of other things happening in that conversation as well yeah because oftentimes they're like they might even do things like anonymous surveys where you each survey each other and then you go in, your manager talks to you about your weaknesses, your strengths, yeah. et cetera. So something might, a curveball might throw off ball before yeah. you, well and truly before you get to the pay conversation. That's it. So you, they might even have this stuff in front of them and be like, so, you know, given all of these you know, pieces of feedback, what do you think is fair? So you have to be prepared that, you know. Yeah, the conversation might, might not take the turn you expect. That's it, yeah. So, okay, so we know, you know, there's certain figures in mind. We're being professional. What's next? So uh, in part of that preparation for the conversation that you have at your annual review or for your pay rise, I think it's important to understand your audience and Mm -hmm. who you're actually discussing it with. Is it your manager? Do you have to discuss pay rises with the next level up? Uh, And also your industry um, knowing what the going rate is for your job mm. um, because that's if, a good one if there isn't really much scope for what the particular role you do in your area above that then to them they're set to your firm they might go oh well i can easily replace you in this area with someone of the same rate mm-hmm. um so it's sort of knowing your industry and what is the salary it might be a growing industry or it might be an industry that's really competitive um so working out what is happening in the industry and you can use websites like Glassdoor um, and things like that to work out what the average salary is for your job. Glassdoor is a really good one for culture as well. I use it for investing to understand the culture of a business. If you ever want to find out more about the company's culture that you're thinking of applying to, don't just take what it says in the marketing documents. <laughs> Actually go and get the, there's reviews on Yeah, that. especially so if it's a large organization. That's it, there'll be heaps. Thousands. Yeah. Yeah, um, that's, that's really good. I, I was having a conversation with someone recently who was saying that he was on X and they did this, one of the guys at work did a big review of all like the sources online that say mm. this person should be get this much with this amount of pay because until then the company hadn't actually thought about benchmarking itself 
to what others in the industry get. Yeah. They just thought, well, this is what we're paying, so therefore that should be right. But really, you know, it was considerably more than that. And just by even having those resources yeah. to take to the management team and the HR team to be like, this is, this you know, is what we what should be paid. This is what my role gets paid everywhere else. Yeah. Why am I 20K less? Because often your company doesn't know. They just sort of see it as numbers, as you said. They yeah. don't know that a computer developer is more valuable if they know this set of skills than if they know this set of skills or something I think, like, like that. The HR team setting the policies half the time don't know what that yeah. you know, particular skill set is. So you've got to do your research and also understand how pay works at your organization it might be there might be a rule if there's 10 percent pay increase has to be taken to the board mm. um or something like i know organizations in australia like government and defense have very set out pay structures yep. um that are very transparent so you can you see all the different levels and the steps so do some research and understand how pay works maybe talk to some of your colleagues to see how they have approached the pay review um in previous years and how did the organization deal with it? What was the process? Because they don't just tell you this and not usually a, unless it's a big doc, a company with a sort of a guide or a policy, mm. it's sort of that unspoken stuff that happens at a company that you actually have to find someone who's been through it. Yeah. There's often something called an EBA, Enterprise, Enterprise Bargaining Agreement. Okay. If you're part of like a trade union mm. or if you're part of a particular industry, for example, there might be something that you can look up and that is effectively what the company has to offer and it might not be offering that so you could kind of reference that mm. so that's a big one for construction industry and yeah. related industries i guess and also if you can like find out if your colleagues are happy to talk yes yep. what, and even if they don't want to tell you the exact number say is your pay somewhere between 50 and 60 or mm -hmm. 50 and 70 if they want to be, be a bit broader to sort of get an understanding of what sort of brackets do your colleagues sit in if they're comfortable talking with that because that often gives people a lot more power when it comes to the negotiation because you suddenly find out your colleague with the same skill sets is getting 15k more than you well why why is that maybe there's something you don't know about maybe they've got some extra qualifications or skill sets but it might give you a bit more bargaining power yeah i think this if particularly if you speak to your colleagues it's good to understand why Mm. you touched on there and sometimes because they're they've got a particular skill set or they do something for the company that adds a lot of value yeah and you might not see that yeah exactly. you just think they're doing the same thing as you yeah they've got the same title therefore we should be on the same amount of money they might have more experience that's an obvious one they might have a different qualification but the other one is they might actually fulfill something yeah on the side and that's really important because those are sometimes the rule the, the jobs that management can't do for some reason yeah well, they don't want to do. So if you can fulfill one of those tasks mm. each week or what have you, chances are you're going to be a, you know, you're going to be in a better position. So you want to just just make your bargaining position better. Um, and to that point, I remember we touched on something earlier. Being in the finance industry, this is really highly um, sought after qualification, which is called the CFA, Chartered Financial Analyst. I remember when I was applying for a job and I was reading on on and this was at a big bank, and the initial stage of interviews was with a uh, like a, a recruit, recruiting team, so not yeah. even the the branch or whatever it was, the people that you speak to. And they go, "Oh, I see you've got here CFA. Are you part of the fire brigade?" <laughs> I was like, "What?" And I mean, that's to the them, that qualification was, the world. <laughs> they were not they were not going to value that qualification if that's they it. didn't know what it was. That's it. They don't have a, the faintest idea what that yeah. means. And also, so, like the qualification, if you go and work at like a completely different industry then that doesn't really bring 
value to them what they would see so you've actually got to sort of explain not only do you have the qualification but how will that qualification help them Mm. apply absolutely Mm. okay so we've we're coming to the back end of this but what are some of the tips that people or what are some of the strategies people can use going into the meeting yeah so i think definitely leading up a month or two before you have this conversation you want to build a case for why you should have a pay Mm. rise um, and whether that includes client feedback if you print it out or just during the year if you have a folder in your inbox and just keep any client testimonials feedback from other employees that actually shows what you've done Um, keep records of any additional training any additional responsibilities you've taken on during the year Mm -hmm. often we get jobs just dumped on us during the work year and that's that's part of your case suddenly you're doing a couple of extra hours taking on this role you've got to keep records of that maybe you've made improvements to the product keeping records of that because that's sort of something that they won't remember suddenly oh the product's better but if you can keep lists of the what you've actually done to improve that product or service um so because your manager won't recall everything you've done during no, the year that's so a really you've got to make it easy for them and especially if they're going to have to advocate for your rise to higher up to the board or to their own boss. Um, so they're going to have to, you want to give them a really solid case for why you should have that pay rise and just give them reasons and evidence to justify your request. Because just because you know your worth doesn't mean everyone else will. Mm. Agreed. Um, I, I got a really, and speaking of the manager advocating on your behalf, one piece of advice I got ages ago when I was younger was try and make friends with your boss's boss. Yeah. Because then your boss is in a position where they're kind of like, I know, you know, this is yeah. a, not a friend, but, it, you know, I know you guys are close. Like, can I get this pay rise over the line? And probably yeah. is. Like, it takes that friction away. So yeah. it's, 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 There's a lot of, like, as much as it's supposed to be a very clean process, it's a lot of... To be honest, yeah. People it's, have to go the extra mile for you often with these. And yeah. will they or won't they? Like, have you built those networks and things like that so mm-hmm. often yeah your manager won't if you ask for something larger than they're able to give they're going to have to go to the next level so make it easy for them absolutely one of the things is you know uh, just be if you, even if you hate your job it would probably be an important thing in the months leading up to this to just to be happy at work just mm-hmm. to be a person that goes the extra mile yeah that tries to have a smile on their face is kind of chirpy because they're only going to remember the last few months. That's it. Yeah. We're, let's be honest. We're like, we're going to have monkey brains. We're not yeah. going to remember what you said 245 days ago. So just be really like this. Yeah. If you hate working there and it's obvious, well, why should they try to give you a pay rise or advocate on your behalf? Exactly. Mm. Okay. So what's another tip? So I think another one in terms of that pay rise conversation is being willing to compromise. So the company may only like only be able to increase it by x amount like that might be the budget and they just can't budge and they try and they can't do it so what other things may you be able are you happy to accept that are non-monetary but still something on top of what you're currently getting Mm. so you might have five days of extra leave in compensation so the company doesn't have the cash but they can give you the leave um maybe it's additional training so often training budgets come out of a completely different area of the company. So I want $1,000 of training. Um, Mm, It could be a a different bonus or commission scheme. It could be equity in a company, especially if it's a smaller startup company 
often mm-hmm. schemes like that are going on. It might be an afternoon off each month. Like get creative, I think. I think that's a you just touched on something. I'm not a bit I'm surprised not many people know about this. Mm. And that's equity in a company. There's more ways than one for you to be rewarded. Yeah. And one of those is a thing called equity. And that is effectively ownership in a business. And the way that tends to work is not always, but the way it tends to work is you earn it out over time. Yeah. So you, you, they might say to you, you can have 1% of the company if you stay for, with us for the next year. Yeah. And that immediately you might be like, well, why would I take that? Well, in time, the company could be very profitable and yeah. you can be effectively a partner in the business and earn yeah. money from that. And in some, in a lot of some circumstances, if the company does well, taking the equity instead of the pay rise can really make you a lot richer over the long Oh, time. yeah. That's how... Yeah. Look at all the richest people in the world. They didn't get rich by earning an income. Mm. They own parts of businesses. Yeah. That's how so they got if, there. Like if you think the company's going to do well and you can be part of it, then maybe equity is something you want to ask for. And I have seen cases where it's been successfully negotiated that instead of taking X amount of pay, they'll take a lesser amount, but 1%, 2% equity of the company. And that's as a small business owner myself, that's something that, I have to do or I have to consider to attract really good people mm. because I don't have a huge budget to go and take the top whatever from some industry yeah. and then bring them over. I have to attract them with other things, be more creative, flexible work arrangements, whatever. Yeah. So don't forget about those little things because they go a long way. Yeah, that's that flexible working is another big one that you could say, well, I want to work two days from home mm. and that. That saves you a lot of time. You you get a lot of hours of your day back from lunch it. break and travel. Travel's a big one, you know, two hours a day for some people. You don't, it doesn't cost the company anything. Yeah. So if someone came to me and said, I want 10 grand or I want to work from home for one day, I'm going to be like, well, of course you can work from home for one, for yeah. one day. Why would I go with the other option? But mm. it's totally true. You might not think that that can have a huge impact on your happiness. You might not think it, but it can. Yeah. So don't underestimate that. Yeah. And the last thing I wanted to say is practice before you go in with a f- trusted friend or family member that'll um, keep it to themselves, maybe not a colleague because you might, mm-hmm. it might, depending on your work environment, it might not be appropriate. But practice explaining your case and why you should get that pay rise and what you want. Um, and how and how will you react if your manager just turns around to you after you've laid it all out and goes, no, mm. or they... Um, they change the topic of the conversation or what if they don't even bring it up and they just say, okay, we've done. And how are you going to bring up that topic of pay? Mm-hmm. Um, and what's your plan of attack? So going through some of these scenarios with trusted friend or family member beforehand will put you in much better stead for the actual conversation. Because if you've pra- you've practiced it, they haven't practiced it probably, but they know what they want, you know what you want and you're mm-hmm. much more confident going in. Yep, that's some great advice, Kate. I think just reflecting back on this episode, some of the things are know what you want and don't be ashamed to ask for it. Mm. You know, you want to be happy every day you go to work. And if you're not happy, find out why and just try and fix that. Yeah. I know that's easier said than done, but it's the truth. You spend a third of your life at work yeah. Maybe just a little bit less if you include You end up knowing your colleagues better than your family. Yeah. So, honestly, just know what you want. Be prepared to fight for it. Yeah. You know, you don't have to, be, you know, we said be professional. Yeah, absolutely. But just go for it. Give it a mm. shot. 
And the I'll worst just... I can do is say no and shut you down. Yeah, and then you go back to the drawing board and try and work out a a compromise. That's it. Because it's not like they'll have some room to budge probably, or they might have room to budge with non-monetary items. Mm-hmm. So it's building a case and sh- sharing why you deserve that pay rise, um, and maybe not being afraid to ask for the scary number. I mean, why not? They might shoot down the scary number, but they might settle on a number that was higher than what you were going to ask for in the first place. So mm-hmm. it's worth a shot. Absolutely. It is. And like you said at the start of the show, it is great financial advice just to just try it because yeah. if you get it, hey, big win. Mm. Yeah. And you've got years to practice. But if you start from early on in your career, once you're a few years into your first job and you've got you've built some value at the company, it, it's a really good skill to build. And it works for other areas of finance. You'll be negotiating your home loans. You'll be negotiating uh, contracts in yep. the time. If you can do your pay, you can do pretty much anything. Yeah. That's probably one of the scariest conversations people will have to have. So Absolutely, it is. So good luck. If you, I'd love to hear from anyone. If yeah. they hear this, they go and have a chat with their boss. And it, good or bad, Yeah, hopefully love, good. Yeah. We expect it to be good, but that's all right if it's not. But we want to hear the what you have The real life stories. Yeah, that's it. Cool. All right. Wonderful episode, Kate. Thanks for joining me. No worries. Are you thinking about starting your wealth creating journey, but not sure where to put your hard earned dollars? InvestSmart can help. InvestSmart offers a free quiz that makes it easy to find the right InvestSmart ETF portfolio to help you reach your goals. Just visit investsmart.com.au and hit get started. Answer a few simple questions about your goals and how much you want to invest and you'll get a tailored statement of advice with a portfolio recommendation. You can visit investsmart.com.au for a no obligations free statement of advice. This ad is brought to you by InvestSmart Advice, AFSL 334107. For more than a decade, I've been hunting for the best investors and their methods strategies, and tools for investing. After years in the industry, countless books, a few degrees, and 1,000 podcasts and live shows, I've rolled this accumulated knowledge into something called Rask Invest. If you've ever heard me talk about a core and a satellite, active and passive, true long-term compounding, or you simply want to know exactly how I would invest, now is your chance. Rask Invest is our new investment service. Designed for all types of investors who want professional management of their core portfolio at a low cost from a team they trust. Rask Invest helps you automate your wealth creation and passive income. Simply click the link that says invest with Owen in your podcast player to join one of our live platform walkthroughs or book a call with us. You can also view the Rask Invest PDS and TMD and get invested with me.